Well, hi there, everyone. Welcome to episode 64 of the Finger Guns podcast. We've got a whole team in here this week, so let's welcome Mr. Greg Hicks. Good evening, sir. How are you, sir? I am very well. I think we should have done something name-wise to commemorate 64. I don't know what, but we should have done. We didn't think this through, did we? No, we didn't. No. Um, yeah, I'm good. It's Sunday night. I'm sat here with a beer, chatting with games with my friends. So, yeah. Oh, who are they? Can't. Well, when I finish, it'll be someone else, but you yeah, know, yeah. at the moment, it's just you lot. Yeah. Cool. Yes. Otherwise, yeah. Hunky dory. Available now on all good streaming platforms. I can't say that anymore without you fucking doing that, can I? No. <laughs> you've, you've taken my phrase. I've got things to promote, man. Just. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mr. Paul Collett. Good evening, sir. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm not too bad. How are you? I'm all right. Thanks for asking. Ah. That's all right. It's, uh, it's what I do. Cool. Good talk. Mr. Toby Anderson. <laughs> evening. How are you, mate? Uh, I'm all right as well. Yep. Can't complain. Good. Had Friday off. It's all good. Nice. And finally, of course, the FGG, the FFG. I keep getting that wrong. Mr. Sean Davies. BF, BBFGG, BBBGF. What up, BFG? I'm okay. How are you? I'm all right, man. Yeah. Had a nice, fun week. Good. That sounds good. Are you going to tell us about it? Did that sound convincing? No, that didn't sound convincing. (laughs) Do you want to share? Uh, no, it's just been it's been prim- primarily uh, Last of Us based. Um, I went to make a beef curry tonight, and I realised I didn't have any sauce for the curry, so I just had beef and rice. Oh man, that sounds really bad. Just saying, like we played Last of Us two, and then a sad curry story. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> what just rolled off into each other, doesn't it? That game really does bring the mood down. Oh, it really, really, <laughs> really does. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. So let's kick but off it, with. Sorry, go on. No, I'll say, but it is incredible. Yeah, yeah, we'll go into it now. <laughs> I tell you what. Greg, what have you been playing? Tell me about uh, The Last of Us 2. Fun enough, I've played and finished The Last of Us 2. No way! Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to spoil it. No, please don't. But what are your, will, uh, what are your overall thoughts? Move. I, well, I, I can't say shit about the story. I, I'm not totally upset with how it went. Um, I'm picking my words here because I know I don't want to say anything that might give you a hint as to what's going on. I'm not as upset as the outrage you know, people have put online because... I'm a sensible-ish person, so I don't go throwing up my console out the window if it doesn't go the way I want it to. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. But I've just been enjoying the game mechanically. Like the stealth element on it is absolutely fantastic. I tweeted out the other day saying, like, uh, to me, it's on par with or better than Metal Gear Solid Five, and I stand by that because I've had more fun stealthing it around in the long and short grass than I have had just going like all out guns blazing like if i get seen i'm not just standing my ground and blowing stuff up i'm actually actively sprinting away to hide in grass so i can take them back out again so yeah really really enjoying that so i finished that i have been playing some control because the season pass has finally gone on sale so i've just started the foundation which is the first part completely forgotten how to play it so that was great fun forgot i could levitate for example fell off quite a few ledges it's been a while i have restarted alien isolation i've been playing it i haven't playing it i've been sort of assisting uh one of the what culture presenters she's been playing it as part of like a stream thing <laughs> and she was sort of shouting me to help her the other day so through the chat been trying to like tell her where to go and all that kind of thing so that's given me the the impetus to want to play it again so i've started that again because it was cheap on a sale and i've been playing blair witch on the switch which i keep calling blair switch which i think's the first time the first time it was hilarious every other time it seems to be an accident now 
uh it's not great it's a bit janky and i don't yeah. think i don't think it's because i'm playing on a light and as opposed to what it'd be on the tv i just don't think it's a very well handled port but gameplay wise it's you know one of those sort of outlasty first person horror type of airs but this will all come out in the review which should be up this week so yeah i think that's pretty much been it oh i said last week i finished spider-man so i haven't touched that again since um i kind of feel compelled to want to play sekiro again now i feel like i'm the absolute master of it so <laughs> the absolute master <laughs> well you know there's only like 0.9 percent of people that got the platinum trophy on it so you know i'm pretty good at it yeah that's that's been my week really Thank you for gracing us with your presence, Master. I know, I know. I've taken time off my busy Shinobi-ing schedule wow. to, uh, to hang with you mortals. Ugh, what a treat. I know. Uh, Mr. Toby Anderson, you've also completed Last of Us Part 2. I have. Tell me about it. Spoiler-free, obviously. Spoiler-free, indeed. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm pretty much in agreement with Greg. Um, it is a pretty masterful game. The stealth is pretty incredible. Um, I've had a lot of fun playing that. The overall story i've still enjoyed i've liked i think parts of what were revealed what was leaked um did color my enjoyment of it slightly um because i think they confused things um more than anything else they didn't reveal things they actually confused me and my wife and how we were actually going through the storyline more than they more than they revealed anything else um so now that i'm at the end i'm glad that i've actually been able to clear up some of the stuff that was confusing about the leaks um but again i can't really tell you what that is um until you get to the end um it's a is it is it all right to say how long a campaign it is for for listeners uh yes yeah so it's about a 30 hour campaign i don't know if greg would agree i i hit 29 and a half hours yeah, yeah completion I'd, point. I'd, I'd second i think mine was 28 and that was still with a bit of exploring but not every single nook and cranny i know i missed a yeah. couple of workbenches and stuff like that yeah, I definitely missed a few things, but you could probably speed run it, which is what I'm going to try doing now with a, um, like collecting all the trophies and, um, and, and, and collectibles and things. Um, you could probably speed run it in more like 15 hours if you were cut, if you were skipping through every cut scene and you were, you know, not what, not going through everything really scared for your life, like you do in the first uh, go through. Um, so yeah, that it's, it's been really fun. And I wondered a little bit about whether I would give it a 10 because so many people were giving it, um, you know, that, that, masterpiece masterwork 10 and i do think it's amazingly made so from a technical standpoint you know if you were going to rate you know graphics sound gameplay etc like that then I, I do think i'd get it would get tens in a few of those places um but i just don't think it would quite get them in every single place i think there's a few things where it has a sort of dissonance to to it no it, well that's the opposite of that it's more like a it's more like it's it's leaned into the dissonance you sometimes feel in games they used to talk about um that thing where you, you've got your what you're being asked to do and what your what the narrative is and it's kind of leaned into yes this is how it would feel to commit a couple of hundred murders on your way to revenge so you know in that in that respect it's kind of interesting in that way but i just i feel like it might have just been pipped to the post for the uh for the 10 um in my opinion and yeah i think that's that's kind of it on what i think of i i, I really like dina um there are some issues with story structure but yeah the other otherwise it would have got something pretty high the other game I've been playing, which is a very strange juxtaposition to um, to The Last of Us, is a game called Willie Morgan and the Curse of Bone Town, um, which is kind of amusing every time I say it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. Um, What's it called? Uh, Willie Morgan and the Curse of Bone Town. 
<laughs> Does it work every time? Um, <laughs> can't say much about it just yet because um, we've got a preview embargo, but there'll be a preview on the site um, in a week or so. Um, and, but there is a demo on Steam, so I can talk about the demo slightly. Um, it's like a point-and-click adventure that you know, pays homage to Monkey Island and, and some point and clicks of that sort of era um, and is very much about pirates as well, like that one is. Um, it's all about item combinations and, you know, you find a bunch of different items as you explore the different screens and locales um, and then you combine the items and try and find your way through. And it's, it's, it's a really fun and quite accessible point and click. Um, it does look good and it's, it's, the accessibility is kind of something like you're able to press spacebar to see everything you can interact with. And I always found that that was such a massive problem in the old ones that you just didn't know whether you'd even cleared a room or whether you'd even found everything before you even started on the puzzles. Whereas this one lets you know it at least you've found everything and then you can worry about the puzzles separately. Um, so yeah, it's been very, very different to play that where you have no killing, no murders, nothing at all happening, no revenge. Um, and then playing The Last of Us. So going from one to the other has been a strange experience, but a nice one, a refreshing one. Splendid. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Paul Collett, have you managed to get yourself in front of a console this week? Uh, actually, I have. Um, Amazing. So I've, yeah, I know, right? So I, I've um, been offered Hunting Simulator 2 to review, which I, I haven't done yet because all I'm greeted with is a white screen. So I'm going to have to get onto... Um, people and say what's going on is there a patch whatever because i just don't think it works i've tried quitting the game i've tried um you can i'll get to the point where you can choose a character male or female so i'll drop both of those and nothing works it's like it fades out to white say you know oh wake up wake up leave your cabin but it'll fade out and never goes but you can still walk around you can hear the footsteps so i don't know uh that's a bit random so uh, i have to investigate that one a bit further um, I have been dipping into Grand Theft Auto V again. Uh, I had this massive love-hate relationship with this game. Um, um, I just wanted to check it out because obviously, you know, it's coming to PS5 uh, next year with a bunch of, um, ex- what's it called? what they call it, extended and enhanced or something. So um, I'm quite looking yeah. forward to seeing what they have on offer for that. Hopefully it look good, has new textures or something just to give it a bit of a gloss. Uh, and um, I'm going through my, what is it called? Horizon Zero Dawn. Still going through that again. Determined to complete it before the second one comes out because it looks absolutely sexual. So, yeah, that's me. Nice. Which your email hunting simulator. Like, Excuse me, guys. Paul wants to play. What are you doing? Exactly. I want to shoot some animals. Well, not I've really. got to go through Horizon again. Same. That sounds like a great plan. I'll put it onto the, uh, the easiest setting so you can sort of fly past it. It's so easy on easy. When I first got the game, I played it on, I think, on a regular or a normal, whatever it was called. And it was quite a, a decent challenge, but you put it on easy, man. You just like one hit kills. It's great. Just fly for it. Brilliant. Have you uh, played the DLC? Uh, not yet. I'm going to get this done, then I'm going to get onto the DLC. Okay. Yeah. Is it good? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. The Frozen Wild is fantastic. But yeah, is it, it's a, um, it's a, it's is a it fairly, dick. Fairly, fairly big, weighty. Is it like um, a, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon, take a few hours for sure. I went back to it. But recently, and uh, what are those saber tooth like ones called? Yeah, you know, the quick, not the not the predatory hunting ones. The Is that on the quiz. <laughs> anyway, those ones like the saber tooth tiger type ones. Went back to my clear save on, or my my current save on Frozen Wilds, and got immediately killed. So yeah. that was fun. Sorry to interject there, Paul. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I'm the, looking forward to uh, getting through that. The Frozen Wilds is awesome. So. Highly recommend it once you've beaten the uh, the story. Yeah, definitely. I'll get my hands on a copy of The Last of Us 2. I'll probably get that, which will probably take over everything. We shall see. 
Nice. I'll give you a good, de- give you a good deal on my one in a, in, a, in a couple of days' time, probably. <laughs> Talk shop. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Finally, Mr. Sean Davies, what have you been playing this week, sir? I've been dipping my toe in Fortnite with my kids. That's still fun. I do like this new map. I, I like what they've done with it because mm-hmm. it makes everything so quick. Like so, so like I can drop anywhere on the map, and I don't ever feel like I'm really pressured by the storm because I can just get on a boat and go somewhere. I think it's really great that they've. And you would not believe how many times my kids and I have won this week. Like I didn't get a, a victory royale until like three or four weeks ago, and now it's every other game. So yeah, we've been kicking ass in that. Um, I'm still playing Golf on Mars, which is the sequel to Desert Golfing which I don't know if you can remember, it like took over the internet a couple of years ago. It's a 2D golfing simulator where you knock a ball around. And this one's got some new mechanics. It's got water and cactuses and these like weird blocky statue things that you can knock over. It's, it's fine. It has something like 27 million holes on it. Um, and the first game had 27,000. And I think it was like something like 1% of players ever finished it because it took about 1,000... 1,050 hours to complete the game, and this has 10 times that. So I don't think I'm ever going to finish it, but, you know, I'm going to carry on. Every every lunch break, like, take a couple of holes on. Um, I've also been playing... You know, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We've had a bone town. Yeah, I was waiting for Greg to do exactly that. <laughs> uh, there you go. Um, <laughs> I've playing Beyond Blue. And there's a review on the website. It, it's great. Go, go and play that game. It's such a lovely um, celebration of underwater life. It's, it's really chill. If you have any interest in like nature documentaries, it's like an interactive one. And it's, it's well worth a look. I was actually thinking of um, subscribing to Apple Arcade uh, to give that a go, actually, based on your review. Yeah, I, I mean, however you get to play it. I, I'm not sure about the Apple, the, the iPhone version, but... The PS4 version, it just looks great. It's it's a really nice looking game. You know, it's it's not mega detailed. It's not like you know cutting edge visuals, but they've they put enough into it so that I, I guess I guess they kind of tailored it back a bit because I remember playing it. It's at EGX and it looked a bit better than the final version, but I guess they when when Apple Arcade came around, they they were like, okay, we can probably put this on an iPhone. And we'll we'll just tailor the detail back a bit, but it it hasn't hampered the game in any way, shape, or form. It's still still lovely, so okay. definitely give it a go. Certainly will. I've been playing Tower of Time, which is like old school, um, never 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 winter, like Baldur's Gate style stuff. Very D and D. It's got a really confusing narrative structure, which is really messing me up at the minute. It's not under embargo, so I could talk about it. But basically, you start the game as this kid who who finds this giant tower in the ground upside down. So you're basically coming in at the base level of a tower that's then shooting into the ground. And you find this this crystal throne thing. And you sit on the crystal throne and it messes your life up. And basically, throughout the, the next like 20 minutes, it kind of explains how this character that is being described as you in the game is is important has all these powers and is is a brilliant fighter and how they they end up finding their way in this kingdom which is really going to the dogs as time goes on uh, and then you get you get into the actual game proper and this is like 20 minutes in and then 
the character that you've been described as sits down on the same throne like 20 years on and you play as a, a group of champions and it feels so so weird to have like the game really set you up on this character like i got proper invested in this character and then i sat down on this crystal throne and my mates went on an adventure without me and it's just totally bizarre and the combat's really strange as well you go you, every time you meet characters on this these maps you end up going into this weird arena uh, where you can freeze and do like you, you can you don't actually do any of the moves you just point your characters in the right direction and then have to strategize about funneling enemies into the right areas it's a very bizarre game and i'm looking forward to actually writing a review of it because i'm very confused by it all <laughs> i played about 10 minutes of ottoman empire but look out on the website because there's going to be a review later in the week and i've also been playing this game called uh, death come true i don't know if you guys have heard of this uh, i think i posted it up on the website uh, a while back but basically it's the new game from the danganronpa creator he it's basically an fmv roguelike so it's an fmv game that's come out on mobile phones and on the switch in japan he plays this character that's woken up in a hospital, in a, sorry, in a hotel bed. And he doesn't, he can't remember how he got there, what his name is, uh, what, what happened for him to get there. And as he sits up, he sees on the TV that he is, he is wanted for being a serial killer. He, there's a girl in the bathtub in his, in his room and he's very confused. And there's a policeman knocking on his door. And then basically you get to have like, you, you get to make a decision between, do you open the door to the policeman or do you hide from the policeman? And one of those choices will end up with you dying. And every time you die, this character can then go back in time and change the decision he makes based on the fact that he, he got killed. So, so it's, it's, a, it's a, like an FMV branching narrative roguelike, which is like bizarre. I've never played one like this before. Um, but it's, it's worth a look if you like FMV games. It's, it's something very different. And lastly, random PSN game of the week. Bowling. Bowling. Oh my God. <laughs> this is the worst game I've played this year. Well, great title as well. Uh, this yeah, is bowling. We were, yeah, we were talking about in, um, in the Slack, wasn't it? Like, our pins are meant to be cleared between each ball. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so they basically, <laughs> this, this feels like a tech demo that somebody's decided to put up for sale because none of it makes sense. Like, you, you, can't, <laughs> you, can't, you can't direct the ball and position it at the same time. You can move the ball which moves the direction it will go in and you can't do that independently from one another it's just you just aim it down the the aisle um spin is an afterthought so basically after you've you've bowled the ball you can then put spin on it but it's it's bizarro because like if you play against the ai they will bowl the ball very slowly down down the alley and it'll roll and roll and you can see it spinning forward and then as, you, as it just slowly knocks into some pins, it's, it's like that part in Space Jam where Bugs Bunny gets a magnet and starts to make the golf ball go around with, this, with the bowling ball. You'll just see it go and knock into one and then suddenly flirt to the left. It's crap. It doesn't follow the rules of bowling. You can't actually get a perfect score in the game because it, it doesn't give you the extra shot if you clear up on the last two balls. It's just the worst game. There's so many better bowling games out there. Just don't buy that one, please. I've got a review on the website. Go and treat yourself to how much I hated this game. And that is everything I've been playing this week. Sorry it was long. You can spare me talking about more bowling. <laughs> uh, I know you've already used that joke, but it's, it's funny. Yeah. Okay, Roscoe, what have you been playing? 
Um, I've been playing a game by Naughty Dog called The Last of Us Part Two, and oh, wow, how original! Yeah, sorry, I want to talk about it. <laughs> um, I haven't finished it yet. I'm where am I? I'm gonna message Sabine Great. I can work out where I am. I saved right after this moment last night, and then went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're about what? Do you want to know like how far you are progress wise? Not tell you what's going on, but do you want to know like percentage wise? I mean, how? Yeah, you're about sixty percent. Yeah, you must be on about twenty hours out of thirty. Yeah, I've just hit. I've just hit ninety and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about sixty percent of the story. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's, there's just so much padding in this fucking game. Yeah, <laughs> this is why I said you could speedrun it in there's about fifteen yeah. easily. I was going to say something then, but almost gave the game away. Yeah, Not I mean, literally spoiling it, but yeah, that's fine. But there are just moments that are like, I, we don't need this. No, no. Let's just let's just crack on. It's like but, there's always that. I mean, it, it, it's a very popular thing in the Last of Us series where you see something in the distance and the character goes, "Right, this is where I need to go," and ah. Oh, it just takes so long to get there. And, you know, there were, I was in that moment again where I wanted to save, I wanted to save. But from where I said where, where I was, all the, that whole sequence I played through last night, and it's just so long. Why? It does, it does have that problem of not having chapter names, doesn't it? So, like, for me, I'd want to get to a chapter and be like, cool, I'm on chapter blank of whatever. So mm-hmm. I'll call it a night. But because it doesn't do that, and it's a very good testament that it flows, you know, it flows story-wise. Yeah. But it's just like, when do I stop? All right, something else is happening. I want to stop now. And then, yeah, you just keep going for another hour or so, don't you? Do you think it's the, um, the flashbacks, shall we call them, that are the bit that really drags? I mean, that whole sequence for me leading up to where I said I was, I mean, that was just, so, that was just too long. Yeah. There was just too many elements of it that are like, okay, I really want to save this game and go to sleep, but I can't because I, need, I want to finish this sequence. And it just kept going and going and going. And it just, it kind of irritates me. We also can't see too much because Sean's going to eventually play it down the line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely a a topic. And Paul will as well. So, yeah. Yeah. You you were kind of spoiled it a little bit, telling me there's flashbacks. I didn't know that. So, oh. There were flashbacks in. There's flashbacks in the trailers. Let's don't even. Flashbacks all over the place. Watch anything about this game. Oh, okay. We could spoil it even worse for you if you want to, but we're not going to. Well, why wouldn't you? Just edit that bit out of your brain. I don't think it spoils anything. Paul, you're going to forget we said any of this in an hour anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you are, you are that true. old. <laughs> but, no idea, I mean, you? other than that, I'm having a really good time with it, and I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying the story as long and as padded out as it is, and I'm enjoying, um, I'm enjoying Ellie's company. I'm not sure, yeah, enjoying is, again, a, a weird word to describe it all, but it's, it's certainly living up to its billing of, yeah, this is a bleak experience. And I've got to be in the mood to play it. I wasn't. I went two days with not playing because I was like, I can't. I just don't want to be in that world right now. I'd rather <laughs> tend to my tend to my island on Animal Crossing today. So that's what I did. But you know, if I was not playing that, then I was playing Story of Seasons: Friends of Mineral Town, which is coming out on the Switch next month. Uh, there's a preview embargo up at the moment, which has been cleared, so I can talk a little bit about it. But um, it cleared on the day I got the game, so we don't have a preview just yet on the site. But uh, hopefully this week soon. Um, yeah, it's a remake of the old game that was released on the Game Boy Advance back in 2003. It's a shiny farming game, which when you're playing alongside Animal Crossing, it just doesn't stack up <laughs> like at all. But it, has, uh, it certainly has jolly, colourful moments, which is a nice antithesis to 
to Ellie's bleak, miserable world. And yeah, it's fun. Obviously, there'll be a full review on the site um, in the next 10 days or so. So look out for that. And that's about it, really. I've obviously been playing Fortnite and Animal Crossing and all the usuals. And yeah, but really just trying to get through The Last of Us. I think this time next week, I'll have it done. Hopefully this time. Early next week, I'll have it done. So yay, spoiler casting coming. Very exciting. Uh, Right then. It is time for... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most exhilarating, most exciting, most electrifying video game quiz in all the world! Hosting the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Lock up your daughters, hold on to your butts and go absolutely uptown Funkatron for the smoothest cat in the entire podcast cosmos. It's the knowledge himself, Mr. Sean Davies! I want one time for you to just do the voice, do the... Right now, ladies and gentlemen, that, that chipmunk voice. Yeah, do, do the whole thing live. Do the guitar out and everything. We'll have to do a live podcast well, and we'll have to actually do that. Well, that is my voice. It's just pitched up. Oh, is it? Do the yeah. whole podcast in that voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if we just kick you in the balls or something, it'd be all right, wouldn't it? <laughs> or just use state-of-the-art editing. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's me putting on an American accent and then the pitch being turned right up to 11. Uh, no, this <laughs> one goes up to 11. Exactly. Let's do a quiz. Yay. Okay. 10 questions, a uh, complete random variety of themes. I've actually written these myself this time around. So um, this should be of, of some relevance to you all. I hope I've, I've tried to pick questions that I know you will at least have some familiarity with. Um, I'm sorry, listeners. This is a, this is a quiz geared towards these four reprobates. So <laughs> let's, let's get it on. Oh, so, great. It's going to be all Kojima and Warhawk, isn't it? <laughs> and Jeep and Game I'd like to see. Uh, it's just pure Monkey Island, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I've never played it. Kojima, okay. Warhawk, and Furries. That's my luck. <laughs> okay, um, question one Theme Park, Dungeon Keeper, and Syndicate were all made by which British game studio? I actually know that one. Well done. He's off. Thanks. Bitch, please. Question one, theme park, Dungeon Keeper, and Syndicate were all made by which British game studio? Are they actually still going, do you know? No. 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 They, they fell for the big EA No, don't, don't, don't give it away. <laughs> well, we'll yeah, talk about it later. Yeah. All right. Well, he's, trying, he's trying to get hints out of you, and you're just falling for it. Clearly, I know the answer. Uh huh. Yeah, all right. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Never trust us. Never trust Paul. Okay. Oh, thanks. Well, that's good. Oh, carry on. <laughs> right. Question two. Which of these games was not made by the Bitmap Brothers? Is it Magic Pockets, Cadaver, or Astro Rabby? So question two. Which of these games was not made by the Bitmap Brothers? Was it Magic Pockets, Cadaver, or Astro Rabby? That sounds like you're trying really hard not to say Astro Rabbi. <sighs> so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want a game called Astro Rabbi now. <laughs> Shalom, bitches. <laughs> anyway. Sean, can I just uh, pet you for that read it again, please? Uh, of course you can. There you go. There's the, the bingo checkoff. Uh, question two. Which of these games was not made by the Bitmap Brothers? Was it Magic Pockets, Cadaver, or Astro Rabbi? Oh, they did Chaos Engine as well, didn't they? I know it's not part of the question. Yes, they did. 
That game was awesome. Oh, Chaos Illusion is so good. Mm. It was good. That's what's good. <laughs> okay. Question three. Which popular mobile game features a candy-loving monster called Om Nom? Ah, I think I know this one. Question three. Which popular mobile game features a candy-loving monster called Om Nom? Also, the noise I make when I'm eating. Fucking hate that noise. Not when you <laughs> eat. I mean, just when people at adverts were doing it as well. Didn't Kate uh, Muller do one? Nom 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 nom. Nom nom nom. People do it around me and they go, oh, got my lunch. Nom 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 nom. Fuck off. You're not six. Yeah. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. Okay. They also say noms, don't they? Oh, that's a nommies. Nom noms. Yeah. Oh, you do want a baseball bat to the face. Interesting. <laughs> Wankers. <laughs> <laughs> do you say it? Are you, are you, the 33 year old man, actually say noms? No, no, I'm oh, talking about what I would say to oh, them. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm not threatening you. I got the wrong end of that one completely. <laughs> I you were getting defensive then. Like, I, thought you, I thought you were justifying that you say it. No, 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 no. If, if I do, you can take a baseball bat to my face. Uh, I one. Okay. We'll get you one. Question, question four <laughs> What does Deus Ex mean in Latin? Question four, what does Deus Ex mean in Latin? What? Just the Deus Ex part. What I think it is would just be, it wouldn't make a full sentence or something. Well, what I know it is, is the other word. And it's like, well, hang on, this yeah. is a quiz. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand the Interesting. question. Interesting, yeah. I don't really understand <laughs> Same. the question. <laughs> well, I don't get it. Okay. <laughs> You're just not going to get a mark, Greg. Same as me. Yeah. Move right, on. Okay, well, well, well the, the name Deus Ex is taken from another thing. Yeah, that's... What, yeah, but it's not translated into anything for the game series title. Uh, yeah, it is. It's mentioned in the first one. Uh, as in a kind of... Deus Ex Machina, yeah, but it's not. Yeah. So, what does that stand for? Yeah, well, I know what the literal Latin means for Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go then. That's not what you. That's said. What <laughs> yeah, but Deus Ex by itself doesn't mean anything. Deus Ex Machina means what is the answer that I've written down. That's what I'm saying. It's like a half yeah. a sentence. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't think you've done the full thing there, Sean. To be fair. No. No. I. I. I'm <laughs> asking you what what a saying means. I'm asking you what the name of the game means in Latin. But, yeah, but the, 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 the game. Mean, the, I'm going to go with my half sentence as my answer. You should yeah, go with the half. Can sentence. you take a half answer? Is that fair? I give you well, a half, half answer, but yeah, it's not half, half a sentence. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Move on. Controversy. No, <laughs> question... I don't get what he means. <laughs> okay, question five. Aaron Statton, the voice of Cole Phelps in L.A. Noir, played Ken Cosgrove in which TV series? In question five. Aaron Statton, the voice of Cole Phelps in L.A. Noir, played Ken Cosgrove in which TV series? My absolute favourite TV series. Basically, half the cast are in Eleanor. <laughs> in various John, little places. John, John Cryer's in it as well. Okay. 
Question six. Which British studio developed 3D Lemmings, G-Police, and Obliterator? Oh, so it's biased again to Ross. You must so, have played Lemmings, you old git. Oh, yeah, on the Archimedes. Is that an abacus? <laughs> it's, it's the, uh, it was the next level up from the BBC Micro. Oh, yeah, I had it all, mate. Okay, question six. Which British studio developed 3D Lemmings, G-Police, and Obliterator? Okay, question seven. What was the most watched game on YouTube in 2019? What was the most watched video or the most watched game, sorry? Most watched game. Okay. Question seven. What was the most watched game on YouTube in 2019? Ah, yes, because we're all staunch YouTubers. We're going to have to take a punt on that one. Yeah, something the little YouTubers enjoy, indeed. Okay, uh, question eight. The robotic assassin character, HK47, appears in which role-playing game series? One of them. That's true, one of them. He's the one that, that, if I say how he speaks, does that give it away? It does, doesn't it? I'm, I'm not going to answer anyway. Anyway. <laughs> the, the one I'm thinking of, his dialogue is funny. In question eight, the robotic assassin character HK47 appears in which role-playing video games you use? Okay. Question nine. <clears throat> Sorry. Question nine. Phasar and AG systems are vehicle types in which games you used? Question nine. Phasar and AG systems are vehicle types in which video game series? Okay. That. Sorry, I was just I was just singing and talking about. And finally, question ten. List me two of the named locations from the original Fortnite Battle Royale map. No. <laughs> okay. Oh no. I, I haven't got a fucking clue. One of them, I think. Do you get a point per one? No, I'm going to give you a, because that would be proper Ross bias. I'm going to give you one point if you get two answers. Oh, oh fuck it. Question ten: Give me two named locations from the original Fortnite Battle Royale map. Okay. No, no. no. <laughs> I was surprised by how well you played Fortnite, Paul. Sorry? I, I was I was looking on my stats the other day. I didn't even know you could look at stats from your friends list. And I saw that you, you played Fortnite in the past and done quite well at it. I came I think I came second once. Um, <laughs> I've never <That's>, won. <laughs> hey, um, it, it said you actually that you you placed quite highly quite a few times. 
Well, see, I, I think when, when it first came out, me and Ross had this kind of tactic where we jumped out of the plane right on the edge of the thing and when no one was shooting people, so you just walk around and just walk, <laughs> avoiding the kind of storm, and you get to a point where you're at least in your top 10. So it's mm-hmm. quite easy, really. And then, a, ta- a tactic I use to this day. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Still works. Yeah. Epic. Cool. Yeah, oh, that's where all the people are. Okay, I'll go, I'll go the other way. Exactly that. Yeah, because I, I can't shoot. I'm used to say it, so, you know, wallet. Yeah, I'll catch um, them later. It kind of makes the game a little bit boring in the sense that all you do is running away from a storm for like 20 minutes, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> There's nothing boring about running around on your own with nothing to shoot for 20 minutes. Honestly. Yeah, no. Honest. <laughs> but it works. Def- so. Definitely not completely addicted to that fucking game. Yeah. Right. It's just about getting my levels up. Level 50 now. It's only about for two weeks. I hate myself. Right. <sighs> Let's get into some news. Oh, sorry, Greg. Are we boring you? Fortnite's like my, you know, like people are like sleeper agents when they have a code word that sets them off to go and assassinate the queen. Fortnite's my code, like my activation word to send me into some sort of solipsistic snoozy trance. Oh, I see. I can't remember ever yawning over you when you were talking about Death Stranding. Because that's an interesting game. Nah, Fortnite, see. Fortnite's a kid. See, see, it's not. No, it's not. I can't defend that. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually tempted to buy that today. Death Stranding. Yeah. You'd like it from an art perspective. Yes, yeah, so I was thinking, but then I thought I'm going to be going backwards and forwards. And I don't know. Nah. Oh, mate, you would hate it. There's nothing to do for like 30 hours. I know. I'm just like, and plus Kojima's kind of bloatware nonsense. I couldn't, couldn't cope. Yeah. Isn't it weird how we, we talk about how amazing the details are in Last of Us, but we criticize the details that he puts into like his games. But then some of it, like you're right, it is a bit unnecessary. Like, I'm not going to give anything away to Death Stranding, but yes, there is that weird, too much attention to detail that he puts in. Anyway, sidetrack. Right, let's get into some news. And this week saw two big reveals, uh, we'll say reveals, but two big kind of updates on big old AAA games that are still to come this year, namely Marvel's Avengers and Cyberpunk 2077. Now, of course, Cyberpunk is coming in September, uh, November, sorry, and Avengers is coming in September. So there's not really that far to go, um, at least for Avengers. And so I want to see where everyone's hype levels are and if they're still kind of like buzzing for these games, even though we've still got, we're still kind of like deep in The Last of Us and we've got Ghost of Tsushima coming in a couple of weeks. Uh, where, are we, uh, where are we at? Have we seen the trailers? Do we still have the same hype levels as we did before for these games? So I'm going to start with Mr. Sean Davies. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for both. I've watched both the trailers. I spent, um, I, I rewatched the Marvel one because I, I spent a lot of the time looking at the chat and a lot of people going, this looks shit. And I disagreed, but I couldn't really understand why people were saying it's shit. So I watched it back just to see. And it does look like there's got a bit of repetition in there. You know, there's that, that full fight where he's fighting those robots and he fights them three times. The very same, similar robots. And I kind of hope that there's a bit more variety in the enemies when it when it finally releases because there was a lot of there was a lot of aim troops and I hope that it's not all that and there is a bit more to it. But I mean, it, the game looks pretty damn good. I mean, the the combat looked like a mix between God of War and you know other third party action games. It, it didn't look totally ripped off from God of War, especially you know the Hulk parts, but. It, it just looks it looks great. It looks exactly what I kind of want out of a Marvel game. I want to play as superheroes and I want to smash shit up. 
So, you know, it, it does that. And um, with, with Cyberpunk, I'm, I'm a bit... I knew I would get it anyway. It was, it was one of those games where I think that um, it's, it's just going to be monumental. Um, the trailers didn't really do anything for me this time around. I don't think it, it gave me anything more than what I'd previously seen at EGX. It wasn't, it wasn't blowing my mind. But, you know, I think everyone's going to get this game because I think it's going to be much like CD Projekt Red seemed to do, is kind of define the genre. And they certainly seem to be going for it. And I was very, very impressed of the, the, the different types of pubic hair that you could pick in the game. What a fantastic idea. Different pubic hairs. I'm, I'm well sold on that. It's all in the details, mate. Yeah, manscaping revolution. Bring it home. Oh dear. Uh, the long and the long and short of it is how long you can or short of it. <laughs> God. <laughs> Jesus. I am really lowering the bar today. <laughs> uh, I, think, I know not, you can choose all of those kind of things, but at what point in the game are we gonna to need to look at Well it's it's funny because it's first donors. person, isn't it? And you're gonna be picking different clothing all the time, so you're not gonna be able to yeah, see your own anyway. You're not gonna be able to see our pubes all that much. I'm I'm pretty sure you look in the mirror when you're changing your clothes. Uh, okay. Are you going to forget like 20 hours in and go, oh yeah, I've got bright green pubes. Sweet. <laughs> um, um, it's going to be very interesting. Get clothes, clothes to match. Yeah. <laughs> Just have it really long so it looks like the top of a broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There's, there's, all, there's also two, two different penis types, um, but only one vagina type. Um, and What's people that? were like... That's outrageous. People were, people were like, well, why wouldn't you, you know, what kind of pe- difference could you have with your penis? And I'm thinking, well, you know. <laughs> I kind of want it to be like, like, like the Spore character, like the, the creator on Spore, so you could just have like a, a randomly generated dick, so you could have like a really stubby one, or one that you can tie in knots, like a, any yes, kind of thing. Be brilliant. Yeah. Or like, you know, you see mods for like Counter-Strike and stuff where people have got um, AKs with floppy nozzles. Just that. So as you run around, it's just, <laughs> floppy nozzles yeah that's a DLC did, did you ever play Conan floppy nozzles Conan what the Land of Manu Band. console one or the, other one? <laughs> the, the the most recent console console game Conan Age of Dun- X no Age. I think yeah no I haven't played uh, one was like 10 years ago I think we start in the buff basically oh no no no. you start on a cross and you've got a link cloth on mm-hmm. and it's all hanging out yeah so, and you get to yeah. choose the uh, the girth and length and Wow. Yeah. yeah. An hour later, I put it down because it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Ross, I think. Ross, how are you doing on Cyberpunk? I spent 40 hours creating the perfect genitals. Yeah. I never saw them again. <laughs> Hopefully, Cyberpunk could be better than bloody Conan Exiles. Jesus. You'd hope so, wouldn't it? Fingers crossed. Uh, Greg, where are you on uh, hype levels for these uh, upcoming AAAs? Yeah, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm mad hype for Cyberpunk. Um, sorry, what you can say? Sorry, yeah, I know you're not a uh, you're not massive on Marvel stuff, but yeah. Um, I've just got serious fatigue with all the Marvel stuff. Like, it just you know, the films did well, and then it just became an, an abundance of it. Uh, Cyberpunk, I've been mad excited about for I don't want to say like really hipstery and say before it was announced, but I've always been wanting a Cyberpunk style game in that kind of massive RPG mold. So when they announced they were doing the Cyberpunk game, I was on board. That first teaser trailer with the 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 assassin robot thing with the, the the arm blades and you know the bullets come picking off of her. Right, yeah, really yeah. Cool. Well, I've been hyped since then. So every time it comes out, it's been amazing. Like every time they announce something, new, like when Sean and I watched the presentation at EGX, we were like front row, 
And it was amazing. Apart from that guy T-posing up the stairs, which was fucking hilarious. It was, it was like a live action demo. So the guy was playing it. But there was an NPC that was T-posing backwards as one of the characters was giving us plots. So we're meant to be listening. And as Sean, I, and about a few other people going like, <laughs> like not supposed to be noticing it in the background. So side, aside there. But yeah, no, I, I'm mad excited for it. But I'm doing that same kind of thing I did with Tsushima. I don't want to watch the new trailer. I know it's like, it's, well, it's five months away. So I'm sure it's not going to spoil anything for me, but I don't want to go. I said before, I've been burned by trailers and that kind of stuff. So this is, this is in-game stuff. It's fine, but I haven't watched it yet. Um, So I'm mad hyped for that. I probably, I'm not going to spunk out on the collector's edition of it though, because that's an insane amount of money, but it'll be day one for me. Uh, Avengers, not so much. Like Sean and I played it again at egx and yeah it was good but it's just a bit run-of-the-mill really it's quite nice to see the different character incorporations you know the, the different move sets they've got but like sean said it just looks a bit samey thor fighting the same waves of people you could say any game gets repetitive that's the nature of video games like they you just get good at doing the same thing over and over again but to me it just seems a bit i don't want to say formulaic i don't want to say bland because it does look like all the spit and polish is going into it but I'm just worried that it's going to be too sort of stretched thin with each character and just repetitive. So it's like you pick the Hulk, now you're doing the same 50 smash missions over again. You pick Tony Stark, you're doing the same zapping waves of thing, And then you switch to Thor, and then you're doing the same thing against aimbots, that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I don't want to shit on it before it's out. I know it's going to be big, big business for Squeenix, but yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sitting on the fence that it comes out, really. And I can't get any more excited or non for it really cool toby um okay so i think i'm sort of similar position to greg there i'm way more hyped for cyberpunk 2077 than avengers um but i'll definitely play both it's just that cyberpunk will be a day one um and avengers will probably be a slightly less um you know a week or you know a few months later when when it maybe has gone down in price slightly or something but yeah, I think both of them look pretty incredible. I had quite an extensive look at the cyberpunk stuff in prep for this pod. Um, so I know a lot more than I used to know about it, um, which is a good thing and a bad thing. I think I've, I don't think I've spoiled anything, but at the same time, I've, I've definitely seen what kind of game it is. And I don't think I was really aware before. I think I'd just been seeing all of these cool trailers where, you know, like you say, arm augmented woman against bullets or lots of people with very strange haircuts just hanging around in a city, lots of that kind of stuff. I don't think I'd really seen very much um, gameplay. And the gameplay videos that have come out over the last week, the, um, you know, I've spent four hours on Cyberpunk, here's my video, of which there are now dozens. They're, they're, they're very interesting every now and again. One, one or two of them is enough. You don't need to see all of them, of course. Um, but one or two of them were really interesting. In that there's kind of like a, you can, it's got a character creation, obviously, like Sean said, but there's a kind of really interesting character creation part of it on top of that, which is where you choose a backstory. And I think that sounds really, really cool. You have, um, you have like three different backstories that you can choose. One as like a street kid, one as a nomad, and one like a corporate sort of lackey. Um, and each one has a different prologue based on what you picked. So you actually will meet different characters well, you'll meet the same set of characters, but you'll meet them in different situations and different scenarios, depending on which one of those backgrounds you picked at the beginning, um, which I think gives, gives it a lot of replay, re- replayability um, that I wasn't aware of it was going to have. Also, from the gameplay 
I wasn't really aware that it was going to basically be Deus Ex. Um, it has a huge amount of the same gameplay loops, the same hacking, the same stealth, first-person stealth, that, that sort of pro, you know, the stats and things from Mass Effect, Mass Effect that, that really make it look like Deus Ex, um, Human Revolution or Mankind Divided. Um, it really has that, that sort of feel. And to be honest, that means day one because that exact type of thing, I, I loved both those games. Um, platinum the first one and got a long way through the second one um as well so it's that's definitely type, my type of game i think there's there's some some bits to the story that sound like they've, they're rehashing every single cyberpunk thing that you've ever seen so it's got a little bit of johnny mnemonic it's got blade runner it's got all those kind of altered carbon stuff to it i know that there's a at least one of the very first missions is you finding you're going after this biochip um because we've seen that on one of the trailers so you know that's the kind of thing from johnny mnemonic isn't it so all of that stuff, I'm a massive fan of Blade Runner and every single thing like this, Cloudpunk, all of them. And this will just be, you know, like the epitome of it. This will be the Arkham City playground. This will be the Witcher 3, you know, sized playground of a city where you'll be able to do every single thing you've ever thought of in a cyberpunk game and not been able to do. And just this time it's called Cyberpunk and it's the actual sort of, you know, original board game uh, world. In terms of the Avengers, I have one one sort of main thought on it. Apart from the stuff that we've seen has been so so often has been Thor, Hulk, Iron Man, Black Widow. You know th those sort of you know fighting um, hordes of enemies. But I actually think that the main story is actually about someone else, isn't it? It's about Kamala Khan, um, who's Miss Marvel. Uh, um, yeah. And I sense a certain amount of controversy maybe around that. She is Pakistani American. Um, and people may have an issue with this fact that you actually play most of the game as her. And these these things we're seeing with Thor and Iron Man and such are like, they're either individual missions where you then swap to them and then come back, or they are, you know, character, you know, at the end you, you can swap characters and do the whole game as, you know, a different thing, which maybe they'll, which maybe they'll keep in. Do you as, think uh, they're, uh, they're keeping that quiet because of the, the, the kickback yes. from last that's exactly that's exactly what i'm getting at i think the kamala khan stuff you have to start searching for before you find her and everything they're showing is thor hulk iron man do you know what i mean and i'm not seeing her ever and then i managed to find a couple of tra trailers not from that long ago from quite quite recently that suddenly showed oh actually no there's a pakistani american character here who can do pretty much everything she's a bit she's like mr fantastic and captain marvel and she's got loads of different powers um, and you know, where's she been all this time? Where's she been on all of the um, hype? Very confusing, but it's, I reckon, I reckon it's deliberate. He was there in the original trailer. If she was, it passed me by. I must oh. say. Okay, yeah, it's it, the story essentially is um, the Avengers are disbanded after the attack on the bridge on the Avengers Day or something, and they got blamed for it. And uh, she, as a huge super fan of the Avengers, is takes it upon herself to get them back together in order to clear their name right. after the death, in quotation marks, the death of Captain America. That's cool. Do you think they are trying to maybe keep her out of most of the reveal stuff, though? She's not in hardly any of this gameplay footage that we're seeing. Um, no, I don't think so. I've seen. I've, I, I feel like I've seen a a decent amount of her. I've seen her gameplay in the last trailer that was dropped this week. Okay. So no, maybe it's just feel... me. Maybe it's just what I've been. Check I feel like so they've far. been, yeah. I feel like they've been quite open about it. Paul, what do you think? How are your hype levels for upcoming AAAs, such as Avengers and Cyberpunk? Oh my god! What? What happened? Are you okay? Uh, <laughs> oh my god! He's off his chair. <laughs> That's the hype level of Cyberpunk right there. I know. Absolutely, kind of blew my mind. 
So Cyberpunk, I'm really excited for. Still, I have been since, obviously, uh, that trailer everyone's been talking about. Um, but the, the weirdest thing is, the more trailers I see of Cyberpunk, like the gameplay trailers, the more I just wish it was a third-person game for a change. Because, you know, I played the Deus Ex games, and they were, you know, they were okay, but I didn't really kind of, um, I don't know, put myself out there to really finish them in a hurry or platinum or anything. I just thought, you know, they were okay, but mm, not that good. So, you know, the more I see of Cyberpunk, uh, the more I just wish it was third person. Be like a, I don't know, a GTA, but in the future in a punk city. Wouldn't that be great? But yeah, still hype for that. So that's going to probably be day one. Avengers, uh, I'm like, like, Sean looks good. I guess it kind of does what I want it to do. I don't know that much about this new character. Is she like a proper Marvel character or is she, is she one that's been created specifically for the game? Does anybody know? She's she's an existing Marvel character. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's been around before. She's, oh, okay, cool. She's she came out about a decade ago. Oh, okay. Um, but she she's not prominent. No, I I've not heard of her, so I was just wondering if it's one of those characters that make up for the game like did in Jedi Fallen Order. But yeah, no, I mean you know, Cyberpunk Day One, um, Avengers, it'd probably be like like I don't know yeah, a few months later when it's cheaper. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not in a big rush to play it, but I definitely want to play it if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm sort of with you on that. The Avengers, this entire kind of like campaign of the Avengers has never really got me all that excited. Um, I need a I need a trailer to really kind of like blow me away. I was waiting on Greg and Sean's impressions from EGX, um, and they were positive, you know, to an extent. Yeah, and they played well. Yeah, yeah, and that's fine. I mean, I was but waiting. It was a on, very it was a very heavily scripted scene, though. Yeah, I was waiting on the news about Thor's hammer. It's made by the same guy that made that made the uh, axe in God of War, which is a very good thing. Uh, so that's super exciting. But I don't know, it's something about it is just not hitting me the same way that a big, like Spidey did, you know, back years ago when we saw the trailers for the first time. And... I don't know why that is. I'm exactly the same as you. Mm, Gosh, like, I don't know. I think why, it's... Why? I don't know. Crystal Dynamics, maybe? The last well, two Tomb Raiders have been... Tomb Raider games. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been okay, but they haven't been great. Well, I've loved them all. I've, I've bought it's three of them they've done now. I've bought them all, completed them, loved them. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's going to... I think it's splitting people down the middle, to be honest. And I, I really like the characters. I love everyone involved. So I'm sure I will enjoy it when it comes around. I know it's, it's going to be online, isn't it? It's a primarily online game. I remember reading Alana Pierce's thing about it. She was saying that it was a kind of Destiny-esque Avengers game. So a lot of it is primarily kind of like set online and you'll be playing through it with other people. See, that just turns me straight off of it when it's this whole always on. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> yeah, so... It's one of those things I need to get my hands on, or at least need to see being played before I jump in, I think. I'm the opposite with Cyberpunk. I'm really excited for that. The last trailer, the, the uh, Night City Wire they did this week, the whole presentation was just... I don't know how they made Cyberpunk look dull, but they did. <laughs> it was just really... It was so strenuous to sit through. You know, They, they threw a, a shiny new trailer out. The trailer was great. But I don't know if it's just developers talking about video games and getting like really deep in the mechanics that's somewhat difficult to follow at times but there was just something about it that sort of turned me off i was like no nah, i'm not watching this anymore <laughs> i'll just catch the trailers and find the highlights somewhere uh, there's been some interesting uh, previews that have come out about the game a lot of press people have been playing the game this week and have put out impressions and Eurogame has said that it does feel like gta it's got that kind of like there's lots of long driving sessions and and there's outskirts outside of the main city which you can camp in and things so there's there's a lot more than is just Night City, which is which I think is going to be quite interesting. So that's that's cool. I mean, it's November though. I mean, it's it, it, it's a while off yet. Yeah. 
But of course, you can upgrade it from uh, PS4 to PS5 with no extra charge. That's a good thing. And of course, Xbox One to Series X. So, yeah, I mean, the hype is there to an extent. I'm just, I don't know. I just want to get my hands on it. Me and The Witcher 3 didn't uh, didn't work out all too well. So I'm sure Cyberpunk's going to be very different to that, though. So we'll see. I want to play Ghost of Shima. Yeah, I'm more hyped for that. Not long to go. Far more hyped for that than either of them. Two and a half weeks away. I've got this funny vision of a, a blacksmith in that in, in um, the Avengers one that you said that made Thor's hammer and also made Kratos's axe. <laughs> Just this guy oh, in the gaming studio who's a blacksmith Sin- and he Sin- made Sin- them. Yeah. He, they should be. They should write him into the universe. It's like he made Thor's hammer. <laughs> Do you think it was uh, Peter Dinklage? Yeah. A, a lonely <laughs> star planet. Just making stuff. <laughs> uh, right then. Cool. So that's good. A lot of hype is still there for the big plays that are still to come out this year. Um, right, let's talk uh, PS5 price because Jim Ryan, the CEO of PlayStation this week, has been discussing about how they want to market PS5 as value over price, which you know has rightfully ruffled some feathers and gone a little bit like, well, yep, good value, but are you going to have to mortgage your house to pay for this thing? Um, I'm going to read a little bit from Eurogamer, uh, what they've been talking about with Jim Ryan. Um, from uh, Vicky Blake saying conventional wisdom and history shows that our business is one of the more recession-proof businesses PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan told the BBC when asked if it was prudent to release a next-gen machine in a time of unprecedented economic uncertainty but I think that this will sharpen our needs to ensure that we focus on getting the value equation right and I emphasize value as opposed to price we must be more attentive than ever before to ensure that the overall value proposition in terms of the console and the games, the range of games, the quality of games, and the quantity of games make this something that our community aspires towards. So, I mean, you can't be mad at that. They want to release a console that's got great games and all great quality games. But, you know, are they going to price this thing out like they did with the PS3 at the beginning of last gen? So, Greg, have you got any thoughts on this? Value over price? What are you kind of, what's your primary thing. I know you're not going to get PS5 day one, but what's your first take from that? It sounds to me like they're still holding the cards to their chest so they can see what the market's doing near the time and go, oh no, this is a totally fair price if it's going to be either a good price or a very high price. Uh, I think it's just floating around a lot of buzzwords to make people go, yes, that does sound like a very strong proposition. And when they go, that'll be 600 quid, please. Everyone goes, oh yes, that is good value though. Yes, 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 yes. So... Yeah, I don't really have a lot to take from that because we're all still up in the air as to what it's actually going to be. Yes, obviously, we want good value from a console. Yes, we want it to last as long as the current one has. You know, the value of a console drops as soon as you buy it anyway, but that doesn't mean I want to spunk out 600 beans on one straight away for it to drop straight away. You know, it's... I can't really give a more conclusive answer than that because they're still being pretty vague about it. You know, telling us value over price is a good thing is like, Telling us the sun comes up. It's like, yeah, we know value is a good thing because you want it to last. You don't want to buy something that's going to get outmodeled or outdated in a few months. That wouldn't be good value. That would be the opposite of good value. That would be a waste of money because a better one's come along. Yeah. But other than that, I can't really say much more because we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. So it just sounds like buzzwords to me. Yeah, corporate buzzwords for the time being. Uh, Paul, what do you think? Value over price? Is there, is there a price that the PS5 could be that would make you kind of like bow out at launch and wait for a drop? 
I'm probably the wrong person to ask because being an, an Apple fiend that I am, I tend to just go and buy an Apple product uh, as soon as I can. And they're really expensive. Sucker. Expensive. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm, in, I'm in their ecosystem. I can't get out. I don't really want to because I quite like it. Well, then, um, an upcoming console for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if it came out at 800 quid, I mean, that, that's, that's uh, sort of... Uh, piss take well not piss take but you think well no it, it come down eventually so you can probably wait especially if like still some big games coming out on the PS4 so there's not that urgent rush to buy one but at the same time if you think about the cost of the Playstations over the generations I mean they've all come out around the £400 mark so I'm not saying it could be 400 quid, but I mean relative, relatively speaking they've all been like mad expensive at launch um, but they still uh, people to buy them so um I, i'm not really kind of bothered by the price i can't see it being 800 pounds because only a games console doesn't really do much more like you know it's not like a computer or anything like that so you know i'll probably get it day one uh if i can find a uh, stock of it um if it's 800 pounds then I'll, I'll wait um my only concern is you know if they go bring out a ps5 pro like six months down the line or something and i'll just think oh what are you doing so um, they need to. They need to start. I mean, I, I like Sony. They keep the cards to their chest, and you know they like to tease things. Whatever. But they start to. They need to start bringing out some solid details because um, you know people don't know. And if people are suddenly getting scared of like, wow, it's going to be really expensive, eight hundred pound. I ain't gonna bother. And then they probably just walk away, and they'd be quite happy not to have one for another couple of years or so. Um, I don't know. It's they just need to stop. It's getting a little bit frustrating now. It's kind of nonsense they're spatting out and they just need to come up with some facts give us a give us a price and an exact launch date or something and you know and let's make our minds up because like i say you know it, you know we could be hidden heading into a massive recession people's jobs online money's going to be a bit tight and you know not me obviously because i'm not a kid but kids want the latest tech and if parents have got to save up for it they need to know these things uh, for christmas and whatnot so um they just need to has come out with the price. It's either, either they're too like scared to say because it, it's really expensive, or they just want to keep us teasing us, which is now getting boring. So either way, you know, mm. just just get on with it. <laughs> yeah, I don't see it being eight hundred quid. No, but yeah, obviously they they are of course uh, dropping two versions of the console on launch, of course, um, with the uh, the digital version as well, which people are suggesting maybe fifty or sixty pound cheaper. We shall see. Um, without a 4K Blu-ray, it's probably going to be significantly cheaper. We shall see. Who, uh, who wants a, a 4K Blu-ray, though? I mean, oh, some people they do. Exist? Me. If I go looking for a Blu-ray, I can't really find a 4K Blu-ray. Just There's normally Blu-ray. a specific section in shops. I'd yeah. like 4K Blu-ray, but it's not urgent for me. Yeah, I, could, yeah, I mean, you've like, got the, the Xbox One S as a 4K Blu-ray player. Oh, yeah. Well, um, see, the thing is... Um, been back going back Apple again. Um, they they've done this thing where if you buy movies on iTunes, they will automatic automatically upgrade those, those movies you bought to 4K. So I could watch that on my iPad or my Apple TV. You know, I'm all hooked in um, at no extra cost. So you know, I probably don't need a Blu-ray 4K Blu-ray player, but you know. Mm. And then you've got to make that choice of are you going to go fully digital next generation rather yes. than buying discs? I do like a box. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, it could be yeah, we're talking about the PS5 here. You got to make that choice, Paul. Toby, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where are you on the uh, value over price argument? Um, 
I think if something came out that was that really high end, like Paul just said, like 800, 700 pounds, then yeah, that's going to turn a lot of people off. But I really don't think that's a, a realistic price point. That's not what he's talking about when he says value. He's, he says value over price. And that does mean to a lot of people, including myself, that it may be more expensive than you want it to be. Right. Um, but I still think, and I'm sure Sean said this last week, that they are still going to probably make a loss on the amount of tech that's inside that box. So it's more likely to be around the 450, 500. If it's going to be expensive, I'd say 500. Um, if they start going 600, I think they're going to lose a lot of people and the people, people will go, well, oh, I could get an Xbox or I could get something else instead um, and, and spend that money elsewhere. I, I like to compare it to my phone. My phone, you know, costs 750, 800 quid. So, cause I bought it outright without a contract. So if I'm prepared to pay that on a phone and I can hardly play anything worth having on that cause it's, it's all casual mobile games, which I generally don't find as interesting as console games. Um, then I'm quite prepared to pay something pretty close to that for all the really great game experiences that will be coming in the next seven years. I mean, it's a bit like the, the PS5 reveal. It's about those exclusives. You know, if there are, if there's going to be games where, you know, there's particular things that are not going to come out anywhere else, and I think they look amazing, then I'm going to have to get a PS5. And I don't think the price is going to have, it's not going to have that much of a factor into that. Um, when you consider the other things that, I mean, I'll take another another point on, on price at the moment. I'm seriously considering, do I get a gaming PC? Like actually fork out 1,000, 2,000 pounds on something that is a proper gaming PC where I could actually run all of these games and get, yes, please. you know, far more access and all that stuff. <laughs> and, and then I'll be able to run all of it on there, even if it wasn't on the PlayStation 5. So it's, if if I can think about that, then you know, five or 600 quid on, you know, a Sony where I've got the, you know, I've got loads of trust and loyalty with that brand. I'm very happy to spend 500 quid on this machine. Um, especially if there's loads of good games. And so far it looks like there'll be plenty of great games. Um, and that's it really. I, th I think the digital question is interesting to me as well. I wonder if this is the, is this, if this is the um, generation where we finally go fully digital, you know, towards the end of this generation. So, you know, we, we obviously introduced, the uh, digital only ones this this time around and now they're coming as part and parcel of the whole package straight up front so it'd be just interesting if that was really where it all went um and you know you did away with physical copies and i don't know do you do you do away with um game shops and all that kind of stuff as well i don't think it does away with having you know like exclusive pre-order bundles and things like that because you can still have all that stuff without a disc but you know it could just be a different world if um if digital really, really took off this time, if that, if, yeah. if those machines are able to, to really just replace um, that kind of thing. That's interesting. Um, and with, you oh, think sorry, go ahead. Over, over time, uh, Sony will want to phase out one of the models that they're releasing yeah. at launch. Well, that's, that's sort of where I'm wondering if this might be the generation where it happens a bit. And we've already got things like Game Pass, which is making Xbox extremely digital friendly. Um, I wonder if PlayStation's, um, you know, oh, is it PlayStation now? Although I don't really have uh, a subscription to that one. I wonder if they'll make, you know, more of a effort to to make that one closer to Game Pass. I think Game Pass is actually that's where Microsoft has actually been a little bit quicker and better um, with with what it's done on Game Pass than Sony. Um, but yeah, it could be it could be the generation where that kind of thing happens, and that would be interesting. Interesting. Yeah, when you put it like that, compared to a two thousand pound gaming PC. Pound oh, PS5 sounds like oh yeah that's that's pocket change of course it PC is. gamers are listening to this and going what 
500 yeah. quid. <laughs> I could get a graphic. I could get a good graphics card for that, yeah. <laughs> but not the rest of the machine. Oh man! If I could buy a gaming PC for Cyberpunk, I would. Yeah. Ooh, imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, uh, Sean Davies, as a man with uh, with five children in his house, value over price. Yeah, I, I don't, don't believe anything that Jim Ryan said, to be fair. I think this was just him trying not to answer that question. Um, I think both Sony and Microsoft are playing chicken with each other over the price because they know that, you know, last generation, the PS4 steamed into the lead because it wasn't forcing everyone to have a motion controller and as such came out much cheaper at launch. So I get the feeling that, um, Jim, you know, I don't think he he means value over price. I don't think he, he means really anything he's just said. I think he just didn't want to answer the question on price because I, I get the feeling that whoever goes first is going to find themselves undercut by 50 quid and $50. I think that's mm. just, just the gen, you know, the, the, the price that's apparently leaked is £449 for the PS5 standard edition and £349 for the digital-only edition. Holy shit. Which is... I'd buy one for each room if that was the case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, the thing is as well, it wouldn't make sense because because of, of the competition and, and what we might be talking about in a minute because um, £349, yes, it's, it's, it's much cheaper, uh, but you are also continually lining Sony's pockets with every game that you buy. So mm-hmm. it makes sense for Sony to want you to buy that. And if that console is going to last eight years, then that's eight years of thirty percent on every game that it sells. So, I mean, that was that was the Switch was three fifty at launch. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's a big ask, isn't it, for a PS Five? Surely, PS Five digital only. I don't know. You, you look at what's happening with the Switch now. You know, you look at the digital marketplace and the fact that it is thriving. You know, there isn't that many people buying physical Switch games compared to digital, and that is an insane amount of money that Nintendo are making on a store, which is auto shite, you know, for, <laughs> for, for discoverability and, and, you know, for usability, it's awful. If Sony can, no, yeah, you're right. It, it, you know, if Sony can, can do that with a PS5 and basically sell an next gen console at that price. Uh, and you can basically hooking people in, aren't you? That's, that's the, you know, the wall garden, you stay there for the next eight years and you spend money. So, it's it's an interesting proposition, but I, like I said, I don't th- I don't believe that Jim Ryan was talking about value of a price. I just don't think he wanted to an- answer the, the price, the, the the price question, because as soon as he does, you know, Big Phil's going to walk out and go, "Yeah, it's this minus fifty. So, <laughs> uh, Big Phil, good old Big Phil. Did you see his jokes earlier this week? I did not. Yeah, interesting. It's like it's like it's like an embarrassing dad, isn't it? It's like, oh, you should have said that out loud. Oh, God. Yeah. So it kind of sums Xbox up low, doesn't it? Like, really? oh, Xbox God. is the embarrassing dad. Yeah, Major Nelson. Just what is that guy? Oh, man. Someone, a friend of mine um, compared him the other day to Tim Westwood. And I was like, is, oh, man, you're so right. That is exactly it. <laughs> he is. He's Tim Westwood of gaming. Wow. Oh, dear. They, I haven't seen a lot of uh, Nelson uh, in the Series X stuff. It seems to have been hidden away in, in replacement of Phil Spencer and Aaron as, Greenberg. As soon as, oh, Jesus Christ, Aaron, Aaron Greenberg. Aaron Greenberg gets my fucking tits. The guy 
is is an embarrassment. It's, a dick. <laughs> it's just that that epitome of everything we don't want to see in an American host. I don't mean that as like a xenophobic jingoistic kind of thing. I mean just he's just shit. Was I he mean, the one with the fridge behind him? Yeah, he was, was like, <sighs> Oh my god, let's totally see some game. Like, fuck <laughs> off. Just let us he's that guy off like of Info Wars. Oh, Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah, it's like him. <laughs> Adam Greenberg's the Alex Jones of Xbox. Aaron Greenberg. Adam, Aaron. I can't remember. I don't fucking get it right. <laughs> did, did, you, uh, did you see his tweet after the PS5 event? Oh, yeah. When he was yeah, like, yeah. don't forget, you can totally play these on the Xbox as well. It's like, we're looking forward to experiencing these on the Xbox Series X. Was, like, was, oh, my God. All the Capcom titles and stuff, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. You can play. <laughs> yes, you're right. You can, but I can play them on my PS5 as well. Do you think the, oh. the, the leaks of like price leaks and things just are essentially Sony and xbox just testing the water every now and again if they, each other out. If, they, yeah. if they release one saying 449 and then they watch what happens and everyone goes oh yeah i'd pay that and then they release one saying 500 and then what, everyone sony, says oh yeah sony i'd still pay leak, that sony quote unquote leak a 800 pound price and microsoft go ha ours is 500 and sony goes ha ours is four well exactly they could <laughs> yeah, do any yeah. of that kind of stuff or they can or they can slowly work out what the market would pay for this console at this time by releasing it just you know different amounts like 50 quid here here or there you finally work out that everyone's prepared to pay 600 quid for this thing and you release yeah. it at 600 quid do you see what i mean yeah, yeah i get you oh, man 600 pound for a series x i don't want to pay 600 quid for a series x but i kind of would for a playstation 5 600 quid for a, <laughs> 600 quid for a game pass machine you know? Yeah, well, that's it. It's, it's a Game like, Pass machine at the moment. That's what my one is right now. I mean, if you're in the Xbox, you know, the Xbox universe, then you don't need anything else other than Game Pass, really, do you? It's all there for you, and it's there for you day one. Halo Infinite is going to be there. Gears, the next Gears, the, ones the next... That are there, yeah, the ones that come out day one, I just don't understand. I don't even understand the business model. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's wizardry. I remember the, that day that got announced, and the internet just went the internet lost their minds yeah gears 5 ori did that as well didn't it that's yep. what i like all future yeah. first birth first party games day one Easy. on a subscription what this is what i mean by digital only future yeah. microsoft are doing it better already at the moment at least yeah um, th- there's no denying the value of game pass for sure it's a phenomenal service for just someone a casual gamer who just wants to dip in and out of video games and it seems to be doing really well for them. PlayStation, will they ever do it? Not to, not to that level, I don't think. I don't think we'll see Horizon Forbidden West on a, on a subscription platform. Ever. Because too many people... Look at the sales of The Last of Us this week. Four million in a week. You know, Sony are fine in the first party world. And that's, that's nothing... I don't think we're going to see it. Would, I'd love it. I'd love it. I'd love it if PS Now became a day one first party platform. But it won't happen. People are, their games are too good, damn it. I think that's the problem. <laughs> so, you know, and pe- yeah, people buy them and that's it. You know, they, they, they don't need to change anything that, that they're really doing in that, in that regard. And of course, with the PS5 and the digital version, then, you know, that is going to be where my money goes. I don't, need a phys- I don't need a Blu-ray disc, I've got one. And, you know, I will download all of my games for the next generation. Um, talking of uh, digital editions, uh, Sean, you want to talk about Xbox Lockhart? I don't have the info on this, so you can you can take this one. So yeah, there, there was an announcement. Uh, well, sorry, there was a leak this this week acquired by uh, The Verge, and they were talking about a codename Lockhart, which is supposedly the Xbox Series S. 
So the the smaller, cheaper version of the Xbox Series X. So the apparent uh, leak is saying that there is a there is already a version of Microsoft's kind of in-house software that runs on something called um, the Lockhart settings, which is basically the Xbox Series X, but you everything is like basically toned down to a smaller set of specs. And those specs are 7.5 gigabytes of usable RAM and around four teraflops teraflops of GPU performance, which is, it's about half the amount of RAM as the Xbox Series X and about a third of the GPU performance. But the the thing about this is that this, this console is supposed to be able to play next gen and current gen games. So those the, those games that are next gen exclusive, which I know, you know, Microsoft has said that there won't be any from themselves for a long time. There are already, you know, third party and indie games going exclusively to Xbox Series X and just next gen. So the idea is that this this console will be able to play things just shy of 4K. I don't know about frame rates, but it will be able to play next gen and current gen games. And the idea is that it would be digital only. So this is this is likely to be the second offering from Microsoft's next gen. And I was just wondering what people thought about this, whether whether a cheaper version, digital only, that couldn't hit the same amount of performance as the Xbox Series X, but would likely come in far cheaper because it's it's not that much more than a Xbox One X, Xbox One Point Five X, shall we say? So, any thoughts? Let's start with Paul. Uh, so, how many consoles do Microsoft actually want? Um, <laughs> I, it's, it's, I, you know, I'm absolutely oblivious to what Microsoft are doing now. Like, you know, I just literally just Googled Lockhart. I typed in L O C K H A, and you get a catering company from Edinburgh pop up. So I'm out. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's it, that's how we literally you go to the Google search box, type in them letters, and you get like some Edinburgh catering company. So, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm so lost uh, with Microsoft right now because um, so they've got like, the Xbox One, One S, One X, um, the Series X, and a lot of codes. That's five consoles they've got like, in, a lot, in the span of like, two generations. Um, and it, yeah, if, if, like, you got, if you buy yourself a Series X um, or even you've got your Xbox One X and all the next-gen games are on their kind of super-duper special delivery thing, so you can play them anyway, uh, slightly less, um, you know, fidelity and frame rate or whatnot, then why are, they, why are you going to buy, like, a, a Lockhart thing? Because, you know, you're paying more money for another console to play games you can play anyway on your old console. Do you know what I mean? It's just okay. it's getting a mess. So, so Balls up. So this this is this is my 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 take on on this Lockhart. I get the feeling that Microsoft know that they are not going to be the number one choice next generation. I get the feeling that they know with the Xbox Series X that a certain group of people are going to go out and buy an Xbox Series X on day one, and that you know that that pool will continue to grow as time goes on and people can afford it. But I get the feeling that they know that they they are not going to be wooing everybody with a PS4 to go and buy an Xbox Series X because of backwards compatibility, because of various other things like trophies and whatnot. 
so I get the feeling that they are targeting really heavily targeting this um, like second console and maybe like the bridge for people. So if this if this is let's say it's cheaper than the PS5 digital edition, and you could get this with Game Pass and you could play the new Halo. So say it's two hundred and say it's three hundred quid. So say it's fifty quid cheaper than the proposed PS5 digital edition. If you had a PS5 and you wanted to play Halo, Forza, um, you know, whatever, I'm really drawing a blank on Xbox exclusives. <laughs> so you want to play, for, for, you know, Gears of War, whatever. Yeah, you could you could get this, and just for that, with the subscription, you could you could play those games. I feel like this is this is what this is targeting that second console market. But the thing is, you know, if you want to play those games, if you're not really fussed about quality or visuals, then for the majority of the time, Xbox One owners can still play it on their on their Game Pass, right? Yeah, which is which is what confuses me, the fact that, you know, why why would they do this? Mm. But then I get the feeling that when they said there will be no exclusives for the Xbox Series X for the time being, I don't think that's true anymore. And I think the initiative's big you know that quadruple a game i don't know i don't know i think i think the likes of infinite will still <laughs> land on xbox one um quadruple a other yeah the quadruple a halo infinite this sounds uh, awesome <laughs> yeah i mean on paper yeah it should it should be a series x thing it should be a launch title for next gen that kind of thing that kind of big first party thing but it won't be oh well, yeah every game you can take to series x you can also play on xbox one game pass it's like well you're not giving me any reason to upgrade, at least not initially. No, I, right? I think I, I think the Microsoft are trying to pitch that as a positive, though, aren't they? You know, we don't those, need to buy hardware to keep playing good games yeah. with us. To those that are in the yeah, ecosystem, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but like then they kind of like, I mean, if you think about it, so go okay, right, okay, we've got this uh, special delivery thing, so you can play your games on your Xbox X, Series X, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, and you know, there's no, no rush for people to uptake the new generation. But then by that time, they, 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 uh, people start investing in the Xbox. The PS5 has been out straight away, the next gen, and they're already like on the back burner. Do you know what I mean? It's like I don't, I don't think they, I don't think they had an actual marketing strategy for this console. Um, it, you know, because like I said earlier, it's like so. Uh, say, take Cyberpunk for example. So let's, it's going to be available on the Series X, and it's also going to be special delivered to your Xbox One. So the Xbox One version, you can play it. It may not be the same graphics, may not be the same uh, fidelity, frame rate, etc. but you can still play it. Now, if this kind of Lockhart is somewhere in the middle, and you can play next-gen, which is not as good as the, the Series X, but slightly better than the, uh, the Xbox, why do you want a, seri- uh, a lot of fucking naming conventions, this company? Why do you want a Lockhart? Uh, if you can play Cyberpunk on the Xbox One X, is that right? I don't know. Um, do you know what I mean? thoroughly confused me on the old names of them now. That's for sure. I have lost as to what you're on about. It's absolutely no, it's just not, um, it's just a mess. The, the naming's a mess, the consoles look a mess, the design's a mess. I think, a mess. Um, I think the only thing to add to this from, from me is this, um, it sounds temporary, right? So what, what Sean said about it being a sort of halfway house thing, it sounds like with half the RAM, you're only going to be, this console's only going to support 
everything on the next gen for a certain period of time, right? Because eventually those games will get to the point, just like this generation has with The Last of Us, with Ghost of Tsushima, where those games are using every, every ounce of power that those machines have. So your machine, your slim, whatever it is, is going to possibly be obsolete. And that worries me a bit. But at the same time, it fits me as a PlayStation first and Xbox second user, because that's the kind of thing I'd, I would have wanted this generation. I eventually splashed out for an Xbox One, but it was only after like five years. It was only for the last two years I've even had it. So for the seven years worth of a console generation, I didn't, I only, well, sorry, for five years of it, I had the, the PlayStation 5 only, PlayStation 4 only rather. Um, I'm getting confused now as well with seeing the names. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they, they, it seems like a very temporary option, but at the same time, one that Sean makes a good point is fitting for a, trying to coax a second market. Yeah. I, I kind of take Paul's point though, because the, the way that I was thinking about it, because as Paul was thinking, was, was talking that I was thinking, even if I didn't want the console, they're putting most of their games on the streaming service on, uh, what's it called? X, X Cloud. And they put most of their games on PC now. You really don't need a console option, do you? Like they, they, what is the point of this? <laughs> like you, you totally pulled the rug out from my conversation because I was like, yeah, they're, they're aiming for second consoles, and then I was thinking, yeah, but that's much cheaper than a gaming PC, like we were talking about earlier. You'd have to splash out two grand on a gaming PC that would be able to play these next gen. But games. not on XCloud, though, surely, because that's just streaming. Oh, thing, okay, yeah, no, that's a good point. It's it's the like, Stadia and things actually, you wouldn't necessarily. Okay, yeah. Okay, let's let's just say that Microsoft really want really do mean when they say they want to offer options, that that is actually what they want to do. I give people options. Do you want to spend money on it unnecessarily? Buy this console. That's <laughs> that's that's just, okay. Sorry, Ross. <laughs> no, it's all right. It's like, I mean, I've been sitting there thinking, would I buy a cheaper Series X to play Halo Infinite? Because I love Halo. I'm looking forward to seeing what that is. And it is a reason enough for me to get an Xbox. I got an Xbox One, again, like Toby, like five years into the generation. Um, I bought a subscription to Game Pass for like a pound, I think it was, for a couple of months. And I beat Halo 5, and it wasn't that great. And I say maybe three months later, my Xbox was gone because it was just sitting there doing nothing. And that's because of the games. That's what it has to come down to. And I'm thinking I probably wouldn't get a Series X Mini or whatever it's going to be just to play... Halo, I mean, we don't know the range of their first-party games yet. This event in July is going to show off, hopefully, the... the inter, what, what's the name of their new studio? Initiative. Yes. Yeah, whatever they're working on. I mean, that might be quite exciting to see. I don't need Forza. I don't need Gears in my life. So, I mean, who knows? I probably wouldn't get a Series X as it stands. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what first-party stuff they have on offer if any at all, which would one be exclusive to the next gen or would it be cheaper just for me to get an Xbox One X down the line and just keep that and just have it as a Game Pass machine because they're not giving me any incentive to actually go, well, you naturally need this on Series X. The same way that Sony has gone, you want to play the next Horizon? Well, that's PS5 exclusive. I was like, right, okay. That is an incentive. That's a reason to upgrade. Not that I wasn't going to anyway, but that's a, a bigger reason to, Yeah, I think. You're right. 
Yeah, and I, I think I Microsoft see... have baked overcomplicating things. Um, you know, I, Xbox One X. Okay, so that's uh, is the end of its life cycle. Here's the Xbox Two X. What the fuck? Um, and that's what people want. They want next because obviously Xbox have a fan base and a user base, and they will stay with Xbox no matter what. Um, yes, they want to get more people involved. They're not going to do that about the games. So they might just buy out like, Xbox Two X or whatever you call it, and say, hey, look, next gen, bang on with it, crack on. Instead of making, like, they've got, I don't know, three different versions of a console, got some fucking download delivery system, you've got, like, a, a shitload, oh, I don't know, it's just, I'm just confused, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I will never, ever buy a Microsoft product ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop there from Paul Collett. Absolutely. There's got to be one every podcast, hasn't there? You know? <laughs> I, I see, I, I've just Googled, well, sorry, I've just searched on Twitter, Lockhart, and I've searched Xbox Series S. And there seems to be a lot of people asking for reasons why, why, and, and this isn't just this, it's for the Xbox Series X. Mm. I mean, <laughs> why that one as well, yeah. Xbox why? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's for those people that do want to upgrade and have that, have that new console, but just can't afford a Series X. That's what it's for. It's nothing, I don't think it's any more complicated than that. The same way that you know, the Xbox One S became a cheaper alternative to the Xbox One, and that's why I got one. Um, it was a 4K Blu-ray player for me for a long time until, you know, <laughs> until the first party started dropping. Um, and then they stopped, which of course they did. But yeah, it's not anything. I don't, don't think it's anything more than just, okay, here's a Series X. It's going to be beefy. It's going to be badass. It's going to be expensive if you don't want the full 4K or 8K or whatever the shit they're talking about right now. <laughs> if you just want like a 1080p, but it looks darn good with maybe upscaling or whatever, and you want those teraflops, then here's a Series S. You know, it's just it's offering the consumer, maybe not the game, the you know, the hardcore industry types like like we are, the people that are really invested in it. But for those casual people, for parents looking for a console to buy, they're going to maybe go for that one over the Series X because the Series X is aimed at people like us. Doesn't, um, doesn't having this, because like Microsoft's big thing, you, you, all the other you see go the most powerful console, best graphic fidelity, whatever. The Series X is going to be more powerful than PS5. We know that. So doesn't like this lesser console kind of negate that kind of strategy in the sense that because they're, they're plowing all their money into just being more powerful for PS5 but also hey here's one that's not as good as the PS5 but it's cheaper for you do you know what I mean it's like yeah, it undermines their own marketing campaign like a, yeah kind of like that yeah mm. um, so I'm just like wondering you know so what am I doing what am I going to buy what it is interesting for? that know. you know Sony haven't done that they've, they've offered two options but I, as far as I know the power is going to be the same in both of them yeah, and that, that's straightforward as you want. If you want a mm. disc-based one, carry on. If you want to go digital, carry on. It's the same thing. You're not yeah. anything less, nothing more. I have no exactly idea what thing. we're talking about anymore. <laughs> I was going to... You, you, you've been uh, quiet on this one. I was going to bring you in. I don't know where to start. I've, okay. got, <laughs> I've tuned out. I've, I've really just tuned out. Like um, To summarise, yeah, I think it's quite cool if there's a cheaper option, digi- digital option for the Series X if anybody wants to upgrade, but that's about as far as I can gather from what we've been talking about. <laughs> I'm just so lost. As an, Xbox, cool. next? As, as an Xbox One owner with Game Pass, who will see 
the Xbox Series X games land on your version of Game Pass, do you see, as a consumer, an incentive to upgrade to Series X right now? No, not really. Yeah. But then it's because I don't use it very often, so I'm the wrong person to ask. I got mine on my phone, so I've just been playing what comes with it. And I can't, like I did buy games for it when I didn't have much in the way of PS4 storage, but now I've got a Pro and definitely a lot more storage on that. I've kind of gone back, and now it's 4K and my Xbox One isn't because i got the older model that doesn't allow HDR or anything. So I've kind of been neglecting it, really, apart from when we get stuff to review and Game Pass. So, no, there's no real incentive for me, you know. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah, I guess we'll see what Lockhart is soon. And um, people can make their choices this Christmas. A new Xbox isn't going to be my second console. I've got my Switch for that. And the Switch is still, it's still only three years old. It's going to be around for a while yet. And, you know, we're still seeing big releases on that. And that's more interesting to me than an Xbox. Because, you know, Nintendo very rarely, regardless of whether you want to play the games or not, they very rarely put out games that aren't worth getting. Or at least worth checking out. So, you know, the Switch 2, whenever that will be in a few years' time, that's going to be worth looking at over something that Microsoft can pull out of their ass. But like I said, until we see the, their full first party lineup, then who knows? It's time for Sean's Indie Corner. Okay, so this, this weekend, uh, you might have missed it because it kind of passed by uh, very quietly. It's unlike previous years, but this press weekend was Bit Summit, which is a, a gathering of J- Japanese and international uh, game developers. Normally, it's held in Japan. Obviously, this year, it's kind of been kiboshed. So they did like an online presence where they, they've had days of live streams and this year it was called Bitsonic Gaiden. Yeah, I, I watched a couple of the streams and had a look through the list of games there and picked out a couple that I thought were really, really interesting. Uh, so the first was called Neon Trail and you might have seen the gifts of this doing the rounds on Twitter because it's it's suddenly recently exploded despite the fact that it's it's been around for more than a year. It's basically a modern-day jet set radio. Uh, you skate around this city called Blue, uh, Blue Pulse City uh, as this lady who's been granted powers by a mysterious dimensional breaking source. Um, so basically you skate around and you do jobs, you explore the city, and you've got to try and save the city from um, this, this impending doom by using these powers that you've been granted. Uh, it looks brilliant. It looks, it's kind of got like a cyberpunky sci-fi aesthetic uh, with lots of neon vibes going on and it looks very very cool um and having looked at some of the trailers it looks like they've really tried to make this game a skating game not just a like tony hawks with on skates for all that rather than a skateboard um you can like skate backwards and you've got different stances and things and it looks really really cool so uh, that's called neon trail it's by rocket juice games uh, it's on patreon so you can go and support the developers on patreon and if you Search for Rocket Juice Games on Twitter. You'll see a ton of really good gifts. And it's out on Steam Early Access. So um, go on Steam and have a look at their page. So the second game is, we've covered this on the website. It's called uh, Teenage Blob. And so it's half an album and half a game. So it's got music from a band called The Super Weeks and a game from developers called Team Laserbeam. Uh, it's kind of like, you know these half albums you used to get from indie indie bands where you used to go to a gig and you get like half a half a cd with 
one band and the other half from another band. Like an EP. Um, AP, that's it. Yeah, that's the one I was looking a for. Thank you very much. E- a split EP. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, it's like it is described as a genre smashing whirlwind featuring elements of dating sims, RPGs, and classic arcade games. Um, you get to ride, skate, and march your way through a surreal cartoon world as you race towards the best night of your life. The game looks great. The, the music's, you know, if you're into that genre, it is, it is fun. It's like pop punky, rocky stuff. So, yeah, it's worth a look. It's called Teenage Blob, and go and give it to Google. Um, the third game is called Lo-Fi Room. Now, I don't know if you guys are maybe too old for this this kind of, like, thing that's exploded, but Lo-Fi Streams, do you guys do you guys listen to Lo-Fi Streams? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. when I was studying, yeah. Yes, it's cool. So this game is basically a, a game designed around those streams, um, it's got like lo-fi beats and you've got like a little image and as you click and pick instruments that are hidden around the screen you then get to do a rhythm game which builds up the music so you start off with just a beat and then you might pick a guitar and then have to do a little rhythm game to introduce the guitar to the beats it's it looks really cool um, and I, I couldn't find the developer's name um, because I just saw it on the stream but it, it just looked really really cool and if you if you have got like an affinity for these lo-fi um, chill beats streams then lo-fi room looks like it could be pretty cool and the last game is called kaku ancient seal uh, this has already won a ton of awards it's an open world action role-playing game um it looks like a 3d platformer but um basically do you know that the last dinosaur imagine if dreamworks had done that and that's what this game looks like um rather than pixar so it's it's set in like a prehistoric world. You play as this primitive man named Kaku, and he's got to explore the ancient world with pets, find the lost temples in the depth of the world, and finally wipe out the story of evil forces trying to take over the world. It looks really cool. The trailer, if you Google the trailer for Kaku Ancient Steel, it is hella fun. It's like him racing around with this ball, and it looks really cool. So... I'm I'm looking forward to that game, and that was the four that I picked from the uh, the Bit Summit streams that I'd watched. Awesome. Thank you very much, Sean. Our pleasure as always. But don't go anywhere because it's time for the quiz answers. Ah, oh, Lord above. Okay. <laughs> Question one uh, was. Oh, was... oh wow, well, that was an introduction. <laughs> Question one. Straight theme in. Park. <laughs> no messing around. <laughs> Question one: Theme Park, Dungeon Keeper, and Syndicate were all made by which British game studio? Paul. Was it Bullfrog? Bullfrog Productions, yeah, I'll take Bullfrog. Question two, which of these games was not made by the Bitmap Brothers, Magic Pockets, Cadaver, or Astro Rabbi? Uh, Greg? I want to say Astro Rabbi because I keep saying Astro Rabbi and it doesn't sound like a real game. <laughs> no, Astro Rabbi is a real game, but it wasn't developed by Bitmap Brothers. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, question three, which popular mobile game features a candy-loving monster called Omnom? Toby? Cut the rope. Cut the rope is correct. Question four: What does Deus Ex mean in Latin, Ross? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. okay. Um, now, so what's that's... Up, what are our half sentences now? It means yeah. God. It means God in. No, it means God, God out, out of. of. God out of. Because no, Deus Ex Machina means God in the machine. As it's an old no. theatre term. No, it means God out of a machine. What? 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 Deus yeah. Ex by itself means God. You're out. getting confused with Ghost in the Shell. No. I'm... 
No, I, it's the Latin is out of, isn't it? Yes, God out of a machine. Oh, sorry, God out of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As it, it's a theatre term, isn't it? When something used to come down and yeah, yes, save the disrupt the narrative. Our plot device. Yeah, that's what we yeah. call like doing a Deus Ex Machina. Is when something comes in and just solves the day. Mm-hmm. God out of the machine. Sorry. Yeah, I got my pronunciation wrong. It's cool. It's cool. Um, question I mean, I'm still five. Kind of right, but I just got, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give yourself a point, Greg. <laughs> No, because I did actually put God in the machine, so it's kind of wrong. I'll take the L on that one as well. Okay, uh, question five. Aaron Statton, the voice of Cole Phelps in L.A. Moore, played Ken Cosgrove in which TV series, uh, Paul? Uh, was it Without a Trace? No. Oh, snail. Madman. Oh, Madman. Damn, son. The best. Okay. Literally my favourite TV show. Is it good? I mean, you want to watch it. Yeah, so good. Okay. Right. Question six. Which British studio developed 3D Lemmings, G-Police, and Obliterator? Uh, Greg? Uh, Cygnosis or Cygnosis. Cygnosis is correct. Hold on. Um, question seven. What was the most watched game on YouTube in 2019? Uh, Roscoe? Uh, it's going to say Minecraft. Minecraft is correct. Oh, what? I was going, going for, for Fortnite. Yeah, same. Going for I... five. Why? <laughs> Why? Everyone watches yeah. that. Everybody watches that. Even no, I've people... got like a hundred viewers when I streamed it once. People play it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a toss-up between Minecraft or Fortnite. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, that's gonna be. Yeah, I thought it was, it was far enough back for it to be player unknown battlegrounds as well, but yeah, I, think yeah. I know, Fortnite but this is, is this is a year or two ago, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, question eight: The robotic assassin character HK47 appears in which role-playing video game series? Toby. Uh, is it Knights of the Old Republic? Knights of the Old Republic is correct. He didn't say Star Wars in front of it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've not given points to Paul for that reason before. <laughs> please let me have the points where I can get them, please. Well, no, because then... <laughs> how dare you be? We would not be guilt tripped on the finger guns trivia challenge. <laughs> you know I won't win anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to take a point away from not staying so I was. I can't remember when I did that to Paul. Oh, you always do sign up, you Sean. There's always yeah, something. Yeah, I know, mate. I know. I get the shit on, on Twitter every week. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> from Paul, from Paul's, Paul's troll account. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Knights of the Old Republic was the harder part of that to get. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Question nine: uh, Pfizer and AG Systems are vehicle types in which video game series? Paul, uh, what? That's correct. And question ten: List me two named locations for the original Fortnite battle royale map. Now, I'm just going to read them out. So I'm not going to ask you because there's, I think there's about ten. Is Bumhole Creek one of them? <laughs> Oh, you were so close. So oh, was close. it? <laughs> um, sorry, it, sorry, is it called Stinkhole Creek? You're not quite in the Bumhole Creek. <laughs> 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 um, so the answers were Lonely Lodge, Pleasant Park, Loot Lake, Greasy Grove, Flush Factory, Fatal Fields, Wailing Woods, Anarchy Acres, Dusty Depot, Tomato Town, Salty Springs, Retail Row, and Moisty Mire. Moisty. What and your problem hell? with Bumhole Creek is it didn't it didn't have any alliteration. <laughs> I was certain um, there's a craggy cliff. Craggy um, Creek. There is now. Oh. Not back in the day. 
Oh, oh, see, I haven't played it for a long time, so maybe I just thought I heard it, and I thought that's the original. Of course, yeah. you heard it. I heard it on Google. So that's <laughs> uh, so that's one point for two. One point for two. Okay. Um, well, well, well. I wrote Fortnite Arena something. <laughs> <laughs> so close. That's how much so I know about Fortnite. There we go. Right there. Okay, oh, so man. let's let's start up your scores. Um, let's start. Like, let's start with Paul. Shouldn't shouldn't do uh, much counting there. Go on. Uh, I got five. Five. Okay. Uh, Toby. Uh, seven. Seven. Oh, no, why? Greg. <laughs> no, hey. Well, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um. You got well, I've got seven. But are we counting the, the Deus Ex one or not? Because <laughs> I'm, well, I'm just asking because I know I pronounce. I know what the the, the term is. I got the in and out bit wrong. Well, it's the wrong answer, isn't it? That's what she said. Hey. I mean, I got, I got the, the translation wrong, but I know what it means. Like, I know it's God in or out of the machine. I know. All right. So, All right. Having that or not? I asked you, what does Deus Ex mean in Latin? And you said, God in. Yeah? Well, yeah, well, I put the, the, in the term of the phrase, God in the machine. Yeah. It's the wrong answer, dude. Oh, it's going to have to be wrong. I'm sorry. Fair enough. I didn't realise Paul was adjudicating this. No, well, no. Well, <laughs> whoever's losing yeah gets to a dude fair enough i got seven then okay ross eight. Oh, it doesn't matter greg there you go i got uh, i got tripped up well, on deus ex oh it would have mattered KOTOR. actually yes i, I see yeah. <laughs> i got tripped up on deus ex and kotor but everything else was was okay nice okay yeah. well done roscoe thanks Yay. I'm disappointed I didn't use this um, this tiebreaker. Um, what was it? Just for just for lols. What uh, was it? I'm saving it because it's the worst fucking tiebreaker <laughs> you'll ever hear. So yeah. <laughs> save it the, next time. The, the, it, when I ask this question, everyone on this podcast is going to moan. So I just can't wait. Uh, <laughs> it's a Monkey Island question, isn't it? No, 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 no. It's just something that absolutely no one cares about. <laughs> I feel like okay. I need to just go back and play Monkey, Monkey Island, Island for, for, for to get get ahead in these quizzes. Yes, you oh do. no, it's not an Xbox Series X question, is it? <laughs> it's even less interesting than that. Wow. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Sean. A pleasure. Uh, right, let's go into out this week. And out this week, Blaster Master Zero Two is coming to PS4 on June 29th, um, which is a it's a great title for a game. I might have to check it out. Uh, Strikers 1945 Three is coming to PC. Hunting Simulator Two comes to PS4, Xbox One, and PC on June 30th, and so does The Legend of Heroes. Trails of Cold Steel or something. I can't read it properly. Uh, Little Town Heroes Tri- coming to P- Trials of Cold Steel 4? Yeah, maybe that. We'll see. Uh, Little Town Heroes coming to uh, PC on June 30th. July the 1st, we have Track Media coming to PC. Uh, the original, maybe? I don't know. July that's 2nd. A, sorry, that, that's a new game. It's a free-to-play version. Oh. Um, there's some deets on the website. It's pretty cool. Uh, the Ottoman Empire is coming out on July 2nd. Clash Force is coming on July 3rd. July 3rd also sees Iron Man VR landing on PSVR. And uh, that's your lot. Next week is looking uh, very cool. But yeah, this week is uh, a quieter week unless you're uh, all up in Iron Man's face. Sean, are you going to pick up Iron Man VR? It all depends on how hot it is. Fair enough. Because <laughs> uh, playing VR in a heat wave is the fucking worst. Yeah. So we'll see. Okay. Well, that does bring an end to this week's Figure Guns podcast. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, you can follow our link tree in the description to find us absolutely everywhere, all over your social medias, 
Thank you very much indeed for listening. It is goodbye from Mr. Greg Hicks. Goodbye. Uh, yeah, that's it. Goodbye. Sorry, I, I was trying to read something then, and I was trying. To... <laughs> Sorry, I zoned out. I'm going to say goodbye again. I was reading. So- I was reading something, and I was trying not to read the words on the screen. Say goodbye Sorry. properly. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye from Mr. Toby Anderson. Sayonara. Goodbye from Mr. Paul Collett. See you. And goodbye from the FFG, Mr. Sean Davies. Scrawdog. Until next time, thank you very much for listening to the Finger Guns Podcast. <laughs>